Good morning. This is Coffee with the Sarlos, and I'm Karen. Good morning. I'm Kelly. Um, I have a topic for this morning. Uh, it has to do with um, treatments again, Kelly. And it's going to be a variety of stories. We're going to go back and forth, I think, between the two of us about client stories. Um, but there's the, the theme is telling the truth. And the theme is... Isn't that every Saturday? <laughs> and every treatment. <laughs> um, Imagine viewers. Oh, not again. <laughs> Well, this one is pertaining to clients who really are seeking the truth, because that does not mean all clients. Right. And some people listening to this might be, hmm, what do you mean? Why would they go if they're not wanting to listen to the truth? Well, you got to look around you and remember um, that there are lots of people that want those around them to continue to collude their realities. Mm -hmm. Okay. So would you like me to begin with some examples or do you want to start? Oh, no, you've got a list. You I go did. Ahead. Yeah, I did. Down, I write, write down the list. Oh my God, I can't talk. Okay. <laughs> Maybe just decaf for the rest of the day. <laughs> it's this damn dream walking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't seem to get enough sleep these days. Okay. Um, by these days, she means the last 10 years. Yes, that is true. I'm hanging my head. <laughs> okay. Um, I had a client actually just the other day. This is this is a hot topic right off the top. Um, anyway, it was long distance and I'll call her um, Joan. So uh, it, I can't see her. Um, this is someone who's called many times though and has build, built, I'll say a rapport between her and her spirit world. She's really open not just to hearing what we think are dead people who've crossed over, but she's open to hearing beings from different dimensions. It's just a variety of things. Uh, so open, I mean, really is very open. If I said I had a tree that wanted to give her a message, she'd be happy um, and wouldn't throw it out or dismiss it. It's just a lovely, lovely soul. So anyway, she called to ask me if I could get anything around uh, siblings and um, she was very open. She just said, do you get anything about siblings? And I said, well, I said, I'm being told there are four. Correct. I said, and it's all girls. And she said, that's right. And I said, but there's a stepbrother. And somehow that's sort of not seen as part of the family for some reason. I didn't understand it, but that's what it was. But this is so complicated. So um, the person who came through to give her her information about the family was in fact her mom who just passed over. So the mom came through to talk about um, parenting. And by that, or maybe that's not correct, maybe the right term is genealogy. But she came through to say that one of the daughters um, didn't have the same father as the other three sisters. And they hadn't known that. The the siblings hadn't known that. The siblings did not know that. Though two of the siblings suspected it. And I, um, when I repeated that to her, she said that was true and that she was shocked that her mom would say something like that, her dead mom, because they never verbalized that to her, that they suspected that. They had two siblings talk to each other about it, um, about the third sibling who they suspected had a different father, but they never told their mother. So when she came through and said, I just want to affirm for the four 
girls and my and the stepson that this one particular daughter does have a different biological father um she was pretty amazed but was really relieved that their own intuitiveness was correct but also the way that they it wasn't just intuition it was the way they were treated hmm, so the way they observed yes and then her mom went on and said the daughter on the phone, Joan, I wanted to know if she had been sexually abused. And uh, she did not ask me that. Joan did not come right out and say this to me. She just said, what do you get around this family? Like these four girls, she didn't say any, any questions. And so I just said to her, is this correct? Because I wanted to pause. I wanted to make sure that if I was wrong or the I was not getting the messages from Joan from her mother who's passed correctly, that I would be able to sort of put a a pause button in it so that she had control. Um, or if it was something that she was seeking, that now that it was finally here, was she still going to get a moment to hit the pause button, even though she had been thinking, initiated the call, wanted to know once it once we were at that final moment of hearing the answer, she still needed to be able to take a breath, make a decision in that moment to say, you know, I'm leaping or I'm not leaping. That's a freaking huge leap. Mm -hmm. And I asked her mom, I said, if this is a yes answer, please tell me now, like, don't let me sort of build this up. And then, <laughs> you know, like, uh, anyway, so she said that the two oldest daughters had been sexually abused. And in fact, this, this young woman, the, the, the woman calling um, uh, had been sexually assaulted, and she was around two when it occurred, and that it was in fact her biological father. And that the older daughter, same biological father had also been sexually abused by him. And that somehow, mom, who's passed over, felt anger at the daughters. Right. She felt she projected all of the anger on them. She did not want to do any leaving or having to figure any of this out. So she she made it their fault. So she wanted to stay with him. And um, she took out her anger on these two girl, these two daughters, their entire lives. Well, these women are now like in their 60s. Mm-hmm. And she was in her, I think, 90s when she passed. Um, but she spent her entire life making these two girls' lives miserable for these things that occurred when they were children at the ages, I think if it was like two and four, two and five. Um, and the girls never understood all of this anger that mom had towards them. He did leave. So he did the leaving. The abuser did the leaving. The, the dad did. The, the mom was hanging on for dear life. She This was nothing she was walking away from. He actually left. And uh, the girls never saw him after that. So there's there was no, no ability to get some of the closure because um, those people weren't, weren't around to say anything. But what came forward was that from her mom who passed in telling the truth this day was that there was an aunt still on earth her sister, who did know, and who they could call, and who they could get the story from and hear the truth so that it could be affirmed. Mm-hmm. So what happened was, um, 
I asked her for consent if this is what she wanted. She said, yes, I gave her the information. She thanked me because she felt that at this time in her life, in her 60s, that she was now prepared to look at her own sexual partnerships in her life and see where her problems were. And that she, when she started seeing TV shows and movies and things kind of alluded to that um, or explained it, that she, it, there was some niggling there as to, is that me? Is that why I have that same problem? Could this be? Good for her. Yeah, I thought that was really, really interesting. So because of these TV shows and stuff, I think it was a TV series, actually, that kind of brought that up for her, that she finally had the courage to, okay, mom's gone. Now that she's dead, the spirit will tell us the truth. We are never going to get it at a mom until she's dead. Right. Um, which isn't true. She could have, but that was what she thought. So now that mom's passed, she's asking, so I just want to kind of go right to an update in that the very next morning when I woke up, I received the email saying that she did contact her aunt. She did ask right after our session and her aunt did tell her the entire truth and that that is why he left. And that, yes, and that the... The two the two eldest had been treated badly by her sister, their mother, yeah. and that she did know this, that she did, and she did want to say to her two nieces now, she said they had a good cry on the phone because she always wanted to tell them. She always wanted to protect them. She confronted her sister. She confronted her brother-in-law. She, she argued with her own husband at the time about all these things. She wanted to rescue those girls and take them for her own and raise them because she thought her sister was an ass. Right. And she thought her brother-in-law was an ass. She wanted to take the girls and raise them. But her sister went on to have two more girls and also get involved with another man and raise a stepson. Mm -hmm. So there were five children that this woman ended up parenting that her sister who's still alive on earth um just saw an endless amount of abuse mm -hmm. um in different ways not all sexual the, uh, i mean the sexual and i'm never going to diminish the sexual abuse here that's not my well, intention no, but abuse is abuse yes but that she perpetuated that abuse long after it ended right um and she she never allowed her two daughters in their 60s to get help she never gave them an opportunity to seek out counseling, uh, therapy, whatever, um, spiritual help, priest or minister, whatever, you know, girlfriends. There's so many different things these women's, women could have done. Um, and this was something that just has occurred as a healing in a session. So I, I, I worded that way because somebody might say healing, what? The truth. Truth is the is that doorway to beginning healing. And sometimes if you only suspect that you've been sexually abused, but you don't know, how do you really go to counseling and say, I just suspect it? Yeah. Well, you can't fully feel it. And you can't really discuss it with a therapist fully until you have that affirmation. And I think this is where what we can do really can meld beautifully with therapy. Mm -hmm. Where people... Some, sometimes the affirmations, pardon me, are what bring back the memories. And the memories are what allow you to feel it and like uh, cliche goes so that you can actually heal it. Yes. Yeah. So I brought uh, like this was one of the true things. And 
think one of the reasons I really wanted to talk about this is how truth is related to the energy healing, where medium and medical and all of the different aspects of what you and I do, you know, talking about people's patterns, talking about a people pleasing or their verbal abuse or their manipulations. But how in every single story you and I are probably going to talk about today also comes back to the fact that the energy healing is fundamental. Oh, yeah. Well, if you want to go forward healthily. Yes. Yes, not, not fundamental for function, but fundamental for healthy function. Yes. And there are t- those are very two very different things. And people who function unhealthily don't know that. They often don't know there is a difference. Mm-hmm. So they might email us and say, could you explain that sentence? Can you do a podcast show on healthy functioning and unhealthy functioning? Well, that could be a whole series in and of itself. Well, and I th- I'm, I'm functioning unhealthily today. We talked about sleep at the beginning of this podcast. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's lots of different ways to be unhealthily functioning. But okay, so that was the first story. Mm -hmm. Um, And and also, Kelly, for people to hear that this is one of the things that you and I do. Yeah, and I think it frightens me a little bit because some of the most exhausting sessions are the ones that come in and say, is my husband cheating on me? Oh, yes. And I mean, exhausting for many reasons. Not that I ever, um, not that I ever doubt or blame someone for wanting to come in and ask those questions. Like it takes Mm -hmm. guts to ask it because Mm -hmm. you are at least asking for the truth. Uh, But they're draining. They're sad. Mm -hmm. They're, and I mean, oftentimes they turn empowering because the guides also tell you what you can do to move forward and heal for yourself. Uh, But some people don't come with the right intention. Right. And I actually just had a client. Are we, are we okay if we switch? Mm-hmm. Uh, just had a client who came in the other day. And I'm, I'm not going to tell the exact story because I think it would, it would give it away. But one of the questions was, um, pardon me, she didn't even ask the question. I said, is it accurate that you had suspicions while you were still in the relationship that he was texting and communicating with another woman that he's with now? And she said, yes. And I said, you felt crazy all winter and suspected that this communication was happening, but never got affirmations. And she said, yes. And so the, one of the, the points in the, in the session was to affirm her feelings so that she didn't feel crazy. Yeah. Right. And same, same for your situation where she has an inkling that something happened and needs it affirmed. So she doesn't think that these maybe f- sometimes flashbacks or ideas are in fact crazy. Mm-hmm. So I, I watched her hate the message and then be able to process it, mm-hmm. right? Because no one wants to be told that. And I, one of the other things that came through uh, during this, this same one was the soul of the man that she was asking about said she needs to know it's not personal. And it wasn't as an excuse, but he came through to say she needs to know that I was like this long before we met. And that for my entire life, I've never been comfortable being alone. And so every time I've been in a relationship, I've had to have the next one lined up before I could actually leave the -hmm. one I was currently in. That's common. And she said that was that was accurate. And of the way I think they started, she said. Uh, So she was able to to affirm that. And I think the message about it not being personal, which is very difficult to swallow because, of Mm -hmm. course, they hurt you and it does feel personal. But he was saying that this was his pattern before she came along. He mm-hmm. wasn't trying to target her. This is how he exits. Mm-hmm. I get it. Oh, yeah, I know you do. Yep. But I'm I'm spelling it out a couple different ways for the other people who either do this themselves 
or have had this done to them. Yeah, and for the people that do it themselves to others, this will be the hardest to hear. That that there are people like you and I that ca- can catch them. Oh, yeah. And that can tell the people that they're doing it to um, that they are being lied to. Mm-hmm. So those are typically the people that will say, I don't believe in what Karen and Kelly do. I think they're liars. I think they're cheats. I think they just take people's money. Um, well, then we don't take enough of it. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, they will say a lot of those derogatory comments, demeaning, um, insulting, um, and controlling. And I and I say it that way because the whole purpose be- behind the demeaning, insulting, and all, all of that is to control. Mm-hmm. So that person won't trust what we say if they choose to come. Right. So let's devalue them so that even if you do go behind my back to find out the truth about my behavior. You'll always question it. Yes. And I want to keep control over that. I don't want you to believe them more than me. Right. So this is a math equation. Greater than, less than. Um, I wanted to also touch on the fact that the advice that came from the guides... And, and really, truly from the guides was such an important part of the session mm-hmm. because uh, what came through in one of the messages was that he left and that they had debts together. Oh, And yeah. the guides said they have debts together and he's going to come back and tell her how it, things are going to go, how things are going to be split. <laughs> what and bill she needs to pay. Yeah. And, <laughs> and she said, well, I, I don't know what to do with that because all of the debts are in, are in his name. And, and another person's. And I said, okay, that's nice. But you're, the guides are telling me that if you don't know your responsibilities and your uh, entitlements. Legal. Yes. That you need a lawyer. He's going to come and try and confuse you. And you'll end up biting the bullet and taking debts that aren't technically yours. Right. That you don't have to be responsible for. And so the proactiveness in the, in the entire session was for her to seek legal advice human legal advice, I'll, I'll specify that, so that when he does come back, that he is not, he isn't able to take advantage of her because she's already positioned herself properly. Oh, don't you love the spirit world? Mm-hmm. I, and you know what? This is kind of a different message. This woman was recording the session, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. I always, I highly recommend that. And when she asked certain questions about this, this man's, I was going to say gentleman, yeah, right. Uh, this man's current relationship and current kind of state of mind and like what he was going to do next I made the comment that or sorry I channeled the message that he was going to come back and kind of put these legal things on her or these debts on her because the new woman is not in a financial financially good position and she had this little outburst and called her a name and I turned to her and I said I'm sorry I don't think I heard you correctly and I really didn't I did I didn't know if she said that's garbage that's what I heard in my head, and I thought she was referring to the messages. But then I heard, no, no, clarify. She actually called the woman a name. Oh. So I said, excuse me, what did you just say? And she said, I'm sorry, I called her such and such, which was demeaning. It was very derogatory. And I said, when you listen back to your tape, it's important that you understand that you said that, and I am not confirming that. Yeah. That that is your opinion mm-hmm. because of where you're at, mm-hmm. but that the the guides at no point referred to another human being mm-hmm. in that way, not even the man. Mm-hmm. They didn't they never use 
unkind words. Mm -hmm. They use matter of fact, this is what they're doing sentences, but they never, they never verbally abuse. Mm -hmm. Interesting too, eh? Like how the one woman will blame the other woman instead of... I think she blamed both. Oh, both of them. Okay. That's okay. Just listening. Just listening. Okay. Um, did you want more in that one, Kelly? Hmm. I don't well, want to we rush were talking, you. We were talking about looking at truth, right? Yeah. Hmm. Well, the majority of the session afterwards was simply about how she, as a mother, can handle her daughter now, oh. her five-year-old daughter in the separation. So yeah. I don't think it's fitting for this this conversation, but maybe at another point Yeah. in a different um, topic. It's, it's so important to hear that truth. And I, like at the beginning... They haven't started the journey of separating, it sounds like. She's yeah. hearing the truth um, of what she has suspected to take her out of her crazy. Yes, and she actually said at the end when I was walking her down down uh, to the, the entrance, she said, I recorded our last session together. Oh. And when I, because she came just when she was leaving, or they were separating, uh, and she asked a bunch of questions and a whole bunch of truths came out about the relationship and the dynamics, which I don't remember, but she was debriefing me on. And she said, at one point, I questioned myself as to why I was leaving. Just, I mean, things are hard, right? They get scary. They get hard. It's change. There's a daughter involved with lots of tears and questions. And you don't know how to answer appropriately. Or sometimes you just confused yourself. And she goes, I listened back to your tape and it reaffirmed all the reasons I, I was leaving. And then I, I felt oh. strong enough to do it, oh. which I thought was wonderful. We need that some days when we're making any life life choice. Oh my God, yes. To remember all the reasons we're making the choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the emotional reasons and the factual ones. Yep, I've made lists and put them on my wall. Yeah. So I can wake up every morning oh. when I have anxiety and read my list to remind myself why I did what I did. Do you remember when you were breaking up with somebody once? Yep. And you sat down and we went through a whole list of all the reasons mm-hmm. why you should not go back into that relationship. So that if you were inclined to go back or that person was to try and ask you to go back, you would go through and reread that list. Yep. I actually snapped a picture of it, sent it to my best friend, Amanda, and said, when I when I have an impulse to text this person, I'm mm. going to text you instead. Mm. And you're going to reiterate that list to me. Oh, and so just basically right. telling her what I knew I was going to need in those weeks. Well, whatever you want to call them, weak moments. And this would be the list that people will not read when they're drunk texting an ex. <laughs> right? Yeah, fortunately for me, I don't do that. <laughs> no, I know. But yes. But yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? And I think it's important to note that it wasn't a mean list. No. It was like you said, it was factual. It was. That's right. Of, of how everything in the relationship went against what I always said I truly desired. Yeah. It wasn't a hate list. It, it was a list of self-reflection. Well, it was a, a list of all the things that were not aligned. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Um, I don't... Are you are you done that? Yeah, I'm good. I took a sip. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to go on to another one, Kelly. Um, it was... Um, this is a brief one, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, but it was um, the truth about a baby that had been buried. Um it was some it was a sibling to someone and this is this is just a story of decades ago when not all children um not all children were acknowledged because of stillbirth mm-hmm. um 
because some people lived in the country, some people were poor, and maybe that's still true today all yeah. over the world. And in North America, we might think that's hard to believe or to think that's right. Or how could people do that? But if you're poor, if you you live in a different time or a different culture in a different country, um, those things did and still do happen. And this was a person who came in who just wanted to know the truth about that. And it was not to to go around telling other people. It was just just for the sake of knowing the truth, just to be able to sit with it. And this was the key. Once she knew that she had had this sibling that had passed, she wasn't going to go and share it with any of her brothers and sisters or parents or anybody to say, I know. She just wanted to sit with the spirit world and with me as the witness and just have a little cry. Yeah. She just wanted to take the time in the treatment room to grieve what her mom had gone through and had not shared with anybody. Um, and she just wanted to sit with her mom's spirit because her mom has passed over. And she just wanted to tell her mom, I know. She just wanted to say, my mom had been one of my best friends. And I just want her to know that I know now. And that I love her. And that I'm sorry she went through that. And I want, she asked me to channel her sister who had passed as a stillbirth. And um, the mom had buried the the baby at the bottom of the stairs in the in the basement and boy I've heard that more than once yeah um where where some families um did that like in the yard or um, under a tree or right in their own basements yeah um which is a little bit different than North American homes now where there's a foundation of cement and people can't do that anymore so some people listening might not even understand that you could do that but then in the older homes, some of them had big rocks they were built on and there's earth, like there's a crawl space. And that in some, this, this, this stillbirth baby wasn't stuck there, wasn't stuck in the ground, wasn't haunting a home. It wasn't, you know, trying to disrupt a new, another family and say, hey, pay attention, I'm here, like movies do, that try and create fear. This was just simply a woman who was mourning a sister. I, That's I, it. Okay. Go ahead. Well, I like that you said mourning because we do need to mourn yeah. loss. And at some point it was a loss. And yeah. she's also sharing a load with her mom. Yeah. But yes. I love when you said witness. Yes. I think that's so beautiful because you yeah. do. You want your life to be witnessed by yeah. another. That's why we desire to share it with a partner yeah. or have a best friend. No matter how much we love our alone time and our isolation, we still want to be witnessed. Yes. And we want to know that we won't be forgotten. Yes. Including the miscarriage, the stillbirth, the abortion. They st they're, they're still, and what I, they still want that, as you said, to be known, to be acknowledged and witnessed. And in the treatment room, she chose me. And I told, I thanked her. I said to her, I feel honored. I feel privileged that you have chosen me to ask uh, you know to come forth and to speak about this so that we get to sit together because she also wanted to share it with somebody else not just someone on the spirit side she wanted a human present for her yeah you still need your person mm -hmm. 
And I think in so many ways, that's what you and I can do is for many people on this planet who feel very alone, no matter if they're married or have kids or have friends and co-workers, sometimes there are certain things we can't share with them or we choose not to. Mm -hmm. And that is where this can be confidential. Yep. That it can be intimately shared, energetically healing without judgment, without fear, truly just felt, didn't have to be discussed and done. Mm-hmm. Or And I don't mean done good forever, but just done in that moment that you got to do it. Where would you like to go from here? The next story is about a person who came in and wanted to know the truth about her parents' marriage. And she just said, what do you get? Oh, that's a doozy. Oh, wow. Just what do you get? Right. And I had, I just sat back and I thought that is wonderful that she, imagine that, just making an appointment with somebody and saying that, what do you get about my parents' marriage? That's it. And waiting for the spirit world to come out and tell you a truth about it. She might think she knows one. She might get that one or she might get a different one that she didn't even know was coming. In this particular treatment, she got the date of the wedding. Oh, nice. <laughs> the actual factual date. Oh, I hate when you say stuff like that, although I'm so proud of you. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't want the client to sit here and go, well, if you can't get the date. Well, I'm saying because... It placed her birth before or oh, after the date. Right. Okay. <laughs> and she got to find out that, in fact, she was born before they got married, not after. <laughs> she was born or conceived? Born. Okay. They changed her birth date. Oh. Mm-hmm. Did not see that coming. Me neither. <laughs> so there were, there were two dates changed. Mm-hmm. And because it was, oh, I think it was back into the late 1800s, um, that th- th- this was quite an elderly client, Kelly. I think she was close. Oh, I can't even the remember. The late 1800s? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Like, this is really, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And it had to do, I'm just, yeah, I know, because this makes, and I don't mean that this was actually occurred in 2017. This particular client, I think I saw about 10 years ago. Right. uh, That just really sticks out in my mind because of that story. Um, Anyway, and I just remembered that she was like, I'm positive over over 100 when I was asked this. And she came in with her daughter, which which floored me because her daughter was like in her late or mid 80s. Right. (laughs) Yes. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway... The long and the story of that was, was that she was asking for the truth about dates. So that she actually was able to understand um, and just wanted to know. She just never could understand her parents' stories. They just didn't seem to make sense. And then she thought she that, you know, she kind of heard things in the community and that people would like had said funny things to her and aunt or an uncle or this or that. And then if she asked, the story was back to the original one. And that she just felt that it was just time that it didn't matter so much anymore. It wasn't that she was going to be angry. She just wanted the truth. 
Right. That's it. There wasn't going to change love. It wasn't going to need a forgiveness. It was, There was nothing really more to it than other than just wanting to know what a truth was. And I liked it. I, I thought that was really worth bringing up today because sometimes we are at that place and we do get over things. We don't get over everything in life. I don't think everybody gets over everything, but sometimes we do get over something and we do want the truth about it. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. And I it, and to me, it just shifts an energy in the person. It's like a Rubik's Cube, just turning one more time to fit something in its better, a place in a different way. Yeah. Does it make it closer to where it's all supposed to be, quote unquote, perfect? Well, you never know. It could be one twist <laughs> in the right direction or in the wrong direction, but it's just a different fit. And if you're not tied to having to forgive the person or that you're going to love them more or less, maybe that you just can accept the fact that if they change the date, they did it maybe to protect you. So you wouldn't have been called a bastard or you wouldn't have been denied a baptism or some mm-hmm. a religious rite or um, and a religious belief system or the way that the community would have treated you after that. Yeah. Parents could have done it for the best reasons in the world by loving you. And maybe that really is the bottom mm-hmm. line of why they did it. And and that is, the, there is no other good reason other than that. Right. But that is enough. I just, I really liked that one. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, because of all of the feelings, it was the emotions and the and the emotional state that went with that. That it was kind of like, when I said to them, do you need to know? No, <laughs> it's not going to change anything. But you know, sometimes you just need to know. I think that that's a maturity. Yes. Right, where you've evaluated what both answers could be as truth and decided if, if it's enough for you, if it's a deal breaker, if it's just okay you're just going to accept and keep moving on mm-hmm. yeah there has to be a certain level of maturity otherwise you're everything's the worst case scenario mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i have another story it's another client one can i tell another one sure about coming for the truth uh, i was the man it was a few years ago and he came in I remember him sitting on the treatment table just wouldn't lay down didn't want to sit in a chair was kind of fidgety so he sat on the treatment table I sat in my chair facing him and he just wanted to know the truth. Of, um, I think it had to do with uh, if, if his parents, is quite a large family, but he wanted to know um, if they were actually his parents or if he was adopted mm-hmm. and he had been adopted. Mm-hmm. So he ended up, it, it, it uh, just a second, he was the one that was adopted. I think there were like nine or 10 kids in the family. And oh my God, Kelly, I thought he was going to be devastated, sad, angry, Oh my God, no. He was so relieved that this was not his biological family. Oh Oh my God. Fair enough. He was so happy. Just before we did this podcast, we took a little break. I'm scrolling through Facebook and there's funny little posts. I look at all the memes and it said, um, just overheard my two sisters or my two daughters uh, yelling at each other. And the older one said, you're adopted. And the younger one, the adopted yeah. one went, well, at least they wanted me. <laughs> I thought that was so fantastic. That the mom's like, kind of proud. Yeah, that's good. Um, he, he was relieved. 
oh my god Kelly I've never yeah. seen a client more relieved in all my life and then it, he just laughed and laughed he I, I think it was half crying I honestly he, I think at one point he half lay down on the table and there was so much relief going through his body mm-hmm. and I asked the spirit world why I knew why so when I asked I gave him time I gave him like five or ten minutes where he would just look at me He'd lay back down a little bit. He'd laugh. He'd sit back up. He'd slap his leg. And then, so I waited because I thought, I've got far more to tell him. I just don't know if this is where he's going. But I said to him, can I give you more information? Are you open to this? And he goes, absolutely. You go, Karen. So I said, well, I said, I'm being told that the family is riddled with illnesses. Mm. And I said, you're just so relieved you're not going to have diabetes you're so relieved that you're not in the same genetic pool because they are so physically Mm -hmm. ill. That's exactly where my head went when you first said that. It was all, some of them had mental illness, like like severe depression that was chemical. Some of them had um, cancer. There was a lot of cancer in the family and a variety of cancers. Um, and it's not to say he still can't have certain things with his own biological family. No, but he's at least not genetically predisposed to those. Yes. And this this was one of the reasons he came. So when he said to me, well, this is why I booked the appointment, I was a little bit taken aback. I did not think of that aspect of using the gifts in this way. Mm-hmm. To be able to find out if you're, if your family is your family, in particular, for genetic reasons for health. And you know, he says to me, I can hardly wait to get to the insurance company. (laughs) (laughs) I just died laughing. And I can relate with eight brothers and sisters that when you are filling out your insurance forms, and they ask you for your family history, when you have eight brothers and sisters, you've got to cover all of them. Mm -hmm. You become uninsurable if you're Brothers and sisters are not in good condition. Yes, or yes, and your premiums are higher. So he was relieved because it was like, I can't wait to call my insurance company and say, this is not my biological family. I found out I am adopted. Mm -hmm. This is not my family. And I don't know if that means it makes it better or worse after he left when he said he was adopted and he didn't actually know it anymore. And if they now just take it that it's just his medical history. But it put the the truth gave him something. It gave him an emotional, I don't have to go through and keep fearing these diseases. And yeah. I get that. We have MS in our family. Oh, yeah. And so there, there is this underlying, will it also be me? Will it be my kids? Will it be my nieces and nephews and other brothers and sisters? So mm-hmm. I have two brothers and sisters with MS. So and other neurological diseases. So you look at that biology and as I'm aging, you, I want, you can't help but wonder. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now he gets to take all of that stress off. He gets to let that go. He gets to maybe even approach how he speaks to them and how he's with them in a different way that he may not ever have realized when he had the anxieties. Not to say he might love them more or less, but just less stress. Yep. And that went into his own children. 
So now he could say to his own children, Oh, for sure. This is not your biology. Yeah, just worry about I, your mom. <laughs> yes, it's your mother and I. This is your this is your place. Yeah. So then a little after he, he looked at me and he said, Holy crap, I just realized I can actually ask you now, what is my actual biology? Mm-hmm. And can you channel if my parents are past? Can you tell me what they died of? What is my what is my medical history from them? So that was really cool for me. Mm-hmm. That was really, really, really neat. And there again, I throw that into my pile of telling truths and the value of a truth. Yeah. And the value of seeing you and I with these gifts. And, and you know, Cal, um, we've been doing more shows on treatments and everything. And I, I, I wanted to ask you to do these on purpose so that people can see how being gifted is good, is beautiful, is healing. I know sometimes you people also hear how hard. Yeah, but we're 94 shows deep in the good. <laughs> right? Is that how many? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hmm. If you haven't caught something by now. Yeah, I hope so. And also how you and I, oh, I hope people are listening to how every day with every client, there are new things you and I learn about these gifts and about what we can do oh, yeah. and about how they are of service mm-hmm. to other people and that we are willing to learn, mm-hmm. that we are willing to say, I don't know if I can do that. Let, can I? And try. Mm-hmm. And try and get better too. Yeah, I've had lots of clients who, you know, I've said to them, I don't know what's happening right now. Do you mind just waiting for a second while I figure out what's, what's going on? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, by all means, go ahead. And yeah. then as the messages come out or as the different situations kind of unveil themselves, uh, we celebrate together mm. where I get to go, oh, my God, that was so cool. That's never happened before. Yeah. And they, they get to, to sit in the chair and celebrate and go, yeah. you know, either good for you or thank you for doing that. Yeah, it's whatever. a lot of work for us. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I've said to some clients when you, when you, like you said, sitting in that and asking for consent, can I have a moment? How hard you and I work. Can you tell by the 80 yawns I've had during this show? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. How hard, how hard it is. Mm-hmm. And that some people come in and I know clients have heard my anger in some of these shows too. Uh, in where I've expressed that clients are prove it, prove it, or hurry up. Um, you're wasting my 30 minutes. And well, it's you like, wasted my whole night. You wasted my, what? When, when you're saying clients are like, oh, you're wasting my 30 minutes. I just want to be like, you wasted my whole night. Oh, I dreamt yeah. about you. Yeah, they don't realize that we dreamt about them before they even came. And we might have been up the whole bloody night with all yeah. of their physical pain. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I I wanted to focus on more of the of the good yeah, of, of telling the truth and that you know as people are hearing that sometimes it is difficult to hear but that it does give choices and that when you do even get bad news it, or difficult things you know someone is not your biological parent it teaches you what you can do with that information yes and you can still ask the spirit world for help the session doesn't end when you hear the truth right it well, begins. Definitely not. Yeah. Um, I was also going to say something intelligent. Yawn. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come back. Um, so, oh, I, yeah, it's gone. Do you get thirsty for water every time you drink tea? Yes. It oh, dehydrates I do too. you. Oh. Do you I have, have to have, have a, coffee? I have 
to have a glass of water with my tea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you learned something new. <laughs> no, you know what? The truth, oh, well, hopefully what I was going to say is, is it stimulates questions. Hearing something like today, maybe, maybe you learn to ask a better question about your own life. Or you learn to um, see an opportunity for more truth or a different kind of truth. Hopefully, too, Kelly, maybe it gets people ready to hear it. Mm-hmm. And to know that when, they're, when you're speaking to your, your own spirit, that the spirit world comes together to give you tools. We keep talking about that and the choices. And perhaps to be a better person for, for someone else. When you know that they have just been dumped on with a new truth. Uh, or not, not dumped on, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. When they're trying to process a new truth, maybe you learn to ask better questions or to say to them, would you like a moment? The same way we say to them, would you like a moment? Mm-hmm. Uh, just just to ask questions and give them space. I like telling people I need a moment in the sessions and then taking it because I think quite often in our society these days, everything is so quick. Everything is moving so fast for people. Uh, work, you know, so many people are doing two and three jobs, or they're doing two and three jobs in one job. Because there's both of those situations, right? Oh, no, tell me all about that. Yeah, yawning <laughs> away. Um, but I think just hearing that somebody needs a moment is a good thing. Because some people come in and they book the half hour and they think, work, mm-hmm. talk for 30 minutes nonstop and don't stop, go. And uh, they don't understand what we're doing. Yeah. And and that relates it or relates into other relationships where we want our partner to go 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 or our kids Everything. to go we go go. Our, we want our music to go go go. Yeah. And or the TV. Mm-hmm. It, like we just let it run from the minute we get in the door till the time we go to bed. So taking the pause is good. Oh, bed. Oh bed. <laughs> You want to go back? I do. Okay, then we'll cut the show and we'll let people go and they can come back and join us again next Saturday. How's that? <laughs> sure. Uh, if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at com. We have Coffee with the Sarlos and Sips of Sanity available if you need shorter podcasts for those of you yawning along with me. Uh, you can find that on our website, com, underneath Coffee with the Sarlos. <laughs>